0: Who let the dogs out? Makila okay. and Ben.
1: DB11, it's a vert. It goes Go record a new podcast episode. Go
0: record a new podcast episode. Michael, it's me. You don't have to hide what you're going through. It's Manifest Season 1.
1: Welcome to The Center Cut. I'm Dave. And I am Michael. And I am never going on a plane again. Never again. So from now on, I'm only vacationing within a four-hour radius of New Hampshire. So that's fun. Good luck with that. Yeah, but to offer a little context, today we are covering Season 1 of Manifest.
0: Yes, sir. We watched only the first episode and the last episode of Season 1. We have some recaps here. And then we have a multitude of questions to get through to hopefully help us learn about the middle.
1: Yeah. Manifest is a supernatural drama that originally aired on NBC back in September of 2018. It was created by Jeff Rake and had mixed reviews at airing. Not a lot of people were super into it, but kind of gained some traction and grew over the three seasons that it was on the air. It currently hasn't been renewed for a fourth season or beyond because originally it was slated to be six seasons is what Jeff would like. But after an increased following of Netflix views after it came to Netflix in June of this year, NBC is now considering signing back on. They are in talks with with Warner Bros. to, to get it figured out. And there's too many actors for me to name. So that's my summary.
0: Yeah, no, it is. It is blown up on Netflix. It's been in the top 10 for over a month at this point.
1: Yeah, people are loving it. All Jeff Rake does on Twitter is post about it and then put hashtag save manifest after. So he's really, really striving to get it done. If it was my job, I'd probably want to save it too. We'll talk about that later. We have a Uh, question. Well, we do have one question that felt like it should be answered before we do our recaps rather than after. And that came from at Brittany Ryan Baker on Instagram where you should follow us where you should absolutely follow us and she asked this question the reason I'm asking is because I'm not going to talk about it at all because I hate this question Brit and and I'm mad at you for it is this just NBC trying to make
0: Lost I love Lost but the answer is yes and no something bad happens with a plane that leads to supernatural shit check everybody's connected check pseudo time travel check crazy numbers everywhere Check. But that's about where it ends. Sounds like a lot. Well, that's the whole premise of both shows, it sounds like. No, but I would honestly say that Amazon Prime's The Wilds, which came out last year, feels closer to Lost. There's a mysterious island, character-centric flashbacks, and basically the others. And even though that was teenage girls, I may have preferred it to this. But we have a lot to discuss. We'll talk about it as we kind of go through. Yes, there are definitely some commonalities between this and Lost, but Lost is just way better. It's just way better. Cool. Well,
1: that's (laughs) that, Britt. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, Michael. Recap
0: them. Yes, I have the first section here. So the first episode was titled Pilot. Just like the first episode of Lost and the first episode of many shows. All shows, basically. (laughs) Basically all shows. So we start off with what I think amounts to a mathematical coincidence, but it's insane and my inner Lost nerd loves it. What happens is we see the current date, which is April 7th, 2013, which is, wait for it, eight years and 28 weeks after September 22nd, 2004 which is the date that Lost's flight 815 crashed on the island. Crazy. There's no way in hell that's a coincidence. Yeah, it's pretty wild. 828 will come up many times during this discussion and in the episodes. But yes, eight years and 28 weeks after the Lost flight crashed, this flight crashed. Spoiler alert. So we're in an airport and focused in on our main family, the Stones. Michaela seems to be the closest we get to a main character. The worst. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really a big fan I of I would Michaela.
1: like any other main character, please. <laughs> I would rather the mother who dies in a few minutes than Michaela being the main character of the show. It makes me angry, and I don't like her at all.
0: Yeah, not, not a fan, but we'll, we'll talk about it as we go. So we meet her parents and brother Ben, his wife, and their kids, Olive and Cal... And Cal has leukemia. We learn right away. Michaela's mom recites her favorite verse. This show's version of live together, die alone. All things work together for good, which will come up again. The flight home to New York is overbooked, so the airline offers vouchers for people to take the next flight, so our family splits up. Michaela, Ben, and Cal hang back while the rest head home. Big mistake. Huge. I mean, is it, though? <laughs> That's what the show wants you to believe. Yeah. Spoiler. Mm. We jump to that next flight. Michaela is debating marrying Jared, who we'll later meet. And when turbulence starts to hit, some passengers shit their pants, and another mainish character, Sanvi, drops her precious laptop. Dang, man, the worst. The quote-unquote turbulence ends, and the pilot is forced to touch down in a smaller neighboring airport because we learn later the main airport thinks he's full of baloney since that plane had disappeared five years ago. Wow, 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 <laughs> wow. I can't even say anything after that. The plane deboards on the tarmac, accosted by authorities, and we find out it's now November 4th, 2018. Oh, snap, we're officially in a sci-fi show, but not like a nerds who own replicas of starships and only like metal music with crazy time signature changes. Sci-fi, a cool sci-fi. And we get the intro, which is just a plane flying through an A. I like it. There's no crappy song I have to skip. Bosh, take notes. Yep, I liked it a lot. It's quick. It's just you just get it done, and we're just back to the action. Good editing. It's perfect. So the plane people are in a makeshift FEMA camp and are being questioned by authorities. Some are bewildered, some are angry, and one lady just can't stop crying.
1: fucking (laughs) losing it i don't understand why you would be so so
0: immediately sad i I, yeah i guess i didn't really think about that like why would you be sad like you made it to your destination and you didn't die
1: yeah the only thing i could think is like your husband was on his deathbed and you're flying back to see him and you you already know that he's dead confused right exactly that's the first emotion is confused like how what i'm five years later what confused surprised like any of those but like immediately hysterically crying. I don't know. Yeah. That seems like an odd emotion to
0: choose. The mind does weird things during trauma. That's true. So 36 hours later, the FBI has now allowed these people to re-enter the world and crowds of family members descend upon the hangar to see their long lost loves. Our plane people haven't aged while the rest of the world has. Michaela's dude Jared ain't there and her and Ben's mom has died while they were gone.
1: I have thoughts about part of this. Mm -hmm. grace ben's wife Mm -hmm. comes sprinting across the parking lot and then their younger teenage daughter so i think she's like mid 15 16 ish range i think Mm -hmm. comes wandering in like 10 minutes later (laughs) this mom heard that one of her children was back alive who she uh, presumed was dead along with her husband and just left her current daughter just in the goddamn dust (laughs) sprinting across this parking lot where was olive She's a teen. Oh, she's like stayed behind in the car to like text her boyfriend or something.
0: Part of being a teen is apathy. You have to have apathy. That is a requisite of being a teenager. Mm. I guess I'll go see my twin. I think it was Grace being a bitch. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. She does have that quality. Mm-hmm. So the plane peeps settle in despite a media frenzy. Michaela will be staying with Ben and Fam since her apartment is long gone. Makes sense. I, I kinda I like that they paid attention to things like that.
1: Or like the fact that on their cell phones worked when they landed. Mm-hmm. Not because there's no such thing as cell phone service, but because who would have continued to pay those cell phone bills for five years? No one. Yep.
0: No, I, I do I really do appreciate the fact that they paid attention to those details. Mm-hmm. Not all network shows would. So yep. thank you, manifest. Her mom made a pillow with the verse, All Things Work Together for Good, which we learn obviously is verse eight twenty eight. Did you confirm if it actually is, or if that's just It a- is. Yes, oh, it is. I did confirm. Now, Michaela did something bad recently. We don't learn exactly what, and she hears her first head whisper. All things. Except, in my mind, it was Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 saying, All the small things. Wow, what a great rendition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All the small things. Were you trying to be the boss for Monsters, Inc.?
0: Yes, yes, I was. Got it. Mm-hmm. The FBI is casing the plane and the contents, and everything is coming back that no time has passed for it. Interesting. Weird. But falls in line with what we know. Michaela's a cop. So is her ex fiance, Jared, who is now married to another woman. A lot can happen in two days. Her best friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sketchy. Little Cal's cancer is none worse for the wear, and now that it's over five years later, he may even benefit from more successful treatment regimen. So says a doctor who looks like she could be Oprah's frumpy sister. Interesting choice. Michaela shops at Walmart and sees her ex-boy toy on TV in the electronic department talking about some abducted girls. Can I tell you the la- literally the last place on earth
1: that I would want to go after I just apparently traveled five years and like I'm just trying to like get my head straight? You know where that isn't? Walmart. Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. No way on God's green earth I'm going into a Walmart, at least for a month.
0: (laughs) Not happening. Order that shit online. It's 2018. You can do that. Yeah, it's 2018 now, bitch. Get on Amazon. (laughs) I love the catching a glimpse of something important on the store television trope. I'm glad that they did their part to keep it alive.
1: You do love that?
0: Like any Walmart ever just has the local news on the TVs? No, it's usually like something with frogs in my experience i usually see a frog (laughs) Whatever the
1: brightest colored shit they could put on the tv to make it look all (laughs) fancy and shit
0: yep poisonous tree frogs best you can get so michaela checks off another box on her poor person bingo card by riding the bus and a woman is having sexy times in her head and keeps whispering slower slower And she uses her orgasm power to get the bus driver to narrowly miss running over a dumb kid who ran out into the street after a ball.
1: For the first half of this episode, I thought this was her mom. Oh,
0: you thought it was her mom whispering. I didn't realize that it was her. I mean, that could make sense, though, too, because her mom, the little bit we see, you know, tells her important things. So,
1: yeah. And then this is just like,
0: it's it's about ghosts, guys. Surprise, it's ghosts. But alas, it's not. It's not. We add another sci-fi wrinkle to the game, Head Powers. Mm. She tells Ben about it, and he tells her to keep it to her damn self. (laughs) Keep it to her damn self. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sanvi, the laptop lady from the plane, is back to work as a clinical researcher at the same office that Cal was being checked at earlier. Her research directly led to the cancer treatment that Cal is applying for. Coincidence. Yay. Her shit saved Cal. Or could save Cal. We don't know. Could. We don't know. Michaela jogs by some ferocious, fenced-in dogs, and her head power repeatedly yells at her, set them free. She ignores it, but later that night in bed, she hears the same retort and bikes back over in the snow. Before she can do anything, her brother Ben shows up with some bolt cutters. First off, his license must be expired, so that's not cool, but oh snap, he's suffering from the same brain mumbles, and they cut the locks and set the doggos free into the night.
1: I think licenses in New Hampshire are good for 10 years.
0: It depends on your age, but in mass, it's either like two or three years or seven years. Like Hmm. It alternates between age gaps. But also, how quickly did they remove him from dude's dead, no license on file? I don't know. Regardless, I'm sure that he's being illegal. Yeah, you're probably right. Now, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, a snitch lady is finally able to answer that age-old Baja men question of who let the dogs out. And turns out it's Michaela and Ben. Jared tries to put out the fire and find out why. But Michaela just laments about her situation, and we learn the bad thing she did was kill her friend in some sort of vehicular accident. I'm glad we got that who let the dogs out joke twice. I am all about the 90s music references, my friend. Ben bothers Olive at soccer practice and dresses like a dork. He's wearing far too many layers and has a belt buckle on his jacket collar. Fashion backward, my dude, but it is five years in the future, so I guess I will give him a pass. Yeah, he's just got to wear what he had, yeah? Over at the Cox School of Medicine, Cal gets turned down for the experimental treatment because he was disappeared for five years, and the head dude doesn't want to risk bad results, and thus the big pharma payday.
1: Yeah, that pissed me off.
0: It's just further proof that most doctors aren't good. They're just money-grubbing hacks with cold fingers and bad penmanship. We can't
1: risk this not working so that we can make a bunch of money. Bullshit. Yep. Doctors are assholes.
0: Every single doctor is an asshole. Mark that down. Okay. Sanvi, who also got Rip Plain Winkled, fights for him. Jared and Michaela bring the dogs back. The site, which has an address of 828, obviously, is owned by Mr. Garrison, a metal worker of sorts. Like, he welds. Now, I've known metal workers who are co-workers that wore pants with chains and listened to Slayer. Not them. Michaela has some headgasms. Set them free. And she follows her head like a schizophrenic toucan Sam until she finds a padlocked little shed of a building on the property.
1: So I found this funny because it felt to me like it was like a Pokemon inside of her head and like set them free was just like its name. She would like turn a corner and be like, set them free, set them free. Trying to give some kind of emotion so that she knows, yep, that way. She'd like stop at an intersection and like look one way. It'll be nothing. And then the other way, set them free, set them free. What is going on? Yeah. But it got her there.
0: It did get her there. She smashes the lock, saves Jared from getting domed with a metal stick by Garrison, and lo and behold, she wasn't supposed to set the dogs free. She needed to set the two little girls free.
1: But also, the dogs should be free because this guy's a nut job. Yes, 100%.
0: Garrison was the abductor, and after soldering some rod, he was planning to lay some pipe.
1: (laughs) Oof. (laughs) Oof.
0: I'm glad these fictional girls are saved, but A, at least he supplied them with a bag of Doritos to eat for dessert on their dirty mattress, and B, why the hell was he leaving them at his metal shop and not his basement like a goddamn normal sexual predator? Sloppy.
1: Because he lives there. You think so? Because he's a crazy
0: person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's also why his dogs were
1: there at nine o'clock at night. Fair point. And never called Doritos a dessert again. You think I missed
0: that? I didn't. <laughs> While Cal plays Alto's Adventure... It's a dope iPhone game from like five years ago. While he gets treatment, Ben and Grace argue about whose fault it was for Cal still being alive, and Cal and Sanvi share a smile.
1: Feels like there's something there.
0: Between Cal and Sanvi? Not Cal and Sanvi, but Ben and Sanvi. Oh, you think so? Okay. We might Talk have more some about questions it. About it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back at home, Cal's good at dominoes. Ben gets a head directive that we're not privy to, and turns out Grace was getting a sword in her stone while Ben was lost. Michaela Barr is a Bible, and we learn that all of our time-traveling passengers have the, bl- have the brain affliction. The, the
1: David Blade affliction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are all called to the plane, save little Cal, and they stand in awe as they watch it combust into a ball of fire on the runway. Episode one complete. That
1: was a little much for me, the explosion of the plane. Yeah. Plus, it looked really awful, really fake. <laughs> it was it was real bad. Yeah, they spent all their budget on the photoshopping and after effects of their title card that yeah. they needed to
0: make a really bad. Explosion. No, honestly, like the fire was like in the foreground. It wasn't even in the plane. It was it was, it was bad. I honestly think that the fire in this
1: looked worse than the fire in Frequency, <laughs> that was like filmed 25 years ago or whatever. Yep. What a first step. A lot going on. You think that was crazy, though? Here we go. So episode 16, titled Estimated Time of Departure, picks up Back in Jamaica, man. Ooh, that was racist. (laughs) And we learn that it's a flashback to right before their trip home because mom's there and dad's saying, you know, we got to get ready for our flight and stuff. Ben and Grace are sitting on the beach and just considering never leaving because they're afraid that their son is going to die soon. So they're like, let's just stay here and let him be happy. Good thing they didn't. Michaela walks along the beach and her mom smears suntan lotion only on her outer arms, (laughs) which is just about as ineffective as anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she says something about, you know, you're never too old to need your mom or something. I don't know.
0: Michaela's mom tells her she's going to burn and Cal expects her to destroy stuff. She's the devil. I'm sure of it.
1: You think so? You think that's the whole thing? Is that she's
0: the devil incarnate? Kayla's the devil. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: I assume the devil also has a wicked bad underbite.
0: (laughs) And a face mole.
1: So we cut back to current times. We have no idea at this point how much time has passed since the first episode to now. We learn later that it's about six weeks. The news is on in the background and Ben is listening. So we learn a few quick hits from some things that happened previously. There was an attempted terrorist attack in Times Square. It was thwarted by a dude named James Griffin. And he was, at the time, a wanted robbery homicide suspect. And apparently he also survived a long time in some icy water. Mm -hmm. That's what we know so far about Griffin. But we cut back to the family watching this. No one's hungry. Olive is looking at a weird art project that she submitted, you know, for her science fair, I think. And Grace is sick to her stomach. Hint, hint. Cal is up in his room and he decides to throw a wicked temper tantrum smashing everything he's not a happy camper
0: fred durst jr over here it's just one of those days yeah
1: he really lost it Um, and he won't talk to anyone but zeke don't know who zeke is Mm -hmm. but that's who he wants to talk to about it a random man we have never seen walks into a liquor store looks around for a while then is about to leave and the owner's like what you doing you gonna buy something or something something like i don't know He was just like being an asshole. It's like,
0: learn some customer service, fool. Tisk tisk. He should have went with the 99 bananas that we saw. The last time that I drank 99 bananas was college. And my best friend, Phil, and I got drunk, walked to class for our Spanish final exam, realized we still had half the bottle with us. But thankfully, it was winter. We hit it in a pile of snow. We took and passed the exam and came out and grabbed the rest of the bottle. And that is why I hardly drink anymore.
1: You're a terrible influence. Yep. I hope no kids listen to our podcast. But honestly, if they do, there's been far worse things than that before now. So go to sleep, Jimmy. Yes, Tommy. You should be in bed. This random man reluctantly buys something, he thought about it for a while and reluctantly buys some bourbon or something like that.
0: Reluctantly crouched at the starting line.
1: Okay, go cool. <laughs> We then cut to a man in jail who looks just like a younger version of President Snow from The Hunger Games.
0: Oh, no, I love this guy. He's in a ton of stuff, most notably Ozark, The Outsider, and that Miley Cyrus episode of Black Mirror. This guy's rules.
1: Cool. But he looks like a younger version of President Snow from he The does Hunger kinda. Games. He does. And now we finally get the title card, the cool one we were talking about earlier that they spent their whole budget on. Still good, though. All right. So now we get into a storyline that I particularly give zero shits about, and it's the Jared and Michaela storyline. Whatever. Jared presents a file to Michaela. Larceny, DUI, assault. Apparently, that's all the the new boy that she's been seeing is into. And she defends him, and we find out, surprise, halfway through the conversation at Zeke, she's talking about this new, new Zeke man. We also see a picture, so now we know that the guy in the shop was Zeke as well, who bought the liquor just now. After Michaela walks away, Jared throws Diaz some scratch to go to Tail Zeke on the DL. Man, I just used some really cool lingo in that I sentence, like huh? That, yeah, that's that yeah. pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. President Snow is leaving the precinct. He passes by Michaela and makes some kind of comment, calls her Scarecrow. Don't know what that means other than the underbite. And uh, Michaela runs out of the precinct and confronts him. And I don't know, but apparently we learned that he also gets callings and he somehow used those to help with the terrorist attack somehow or something. I don't know. But basically, he's not following the rules. He's just like looking to make some dough off of the old calling train. He thinks he's a superhero now. Michaela, Ben, Zeke and Sanvi all hear stop him in their calling voices. They think that that is in reference to Griffin from what they all figure out. Sanvi's like, hey, what if we have to kill him? And they're like, whoa. The callings have never been bad. They've always had us help. Well, what if helping is killing this dude? I don't know. Yeah. The zombie doesn't know. We cut to Zeke, who is thinking about hitting the bottle again. We find out that he's an alcoholic and a drug user, so wouldn't be great. He's in the middle of kind of contemplating it when Michaela comes home looking for him to let him know that he needs to go talk to Cal to figure out what he threw his temper tantrum about. They have a little back and forth here. You can see that there's a little little. Sexual tension. I think right. he says that he went to go see his mom, and she sent him away. I guess Michaela tried to push him to do that, but that didn't go over too well. And he uh, he sends him to see Cal.
0: So in this, he also mentions you know what he specifically what he got in trouble for. And am I the only one who doesn't think it's that big of a deal? Like he beat up a dude who is treating a woman poorly. How about a round of applause, my dude? Why are we mad about this?
1: I mean, if a dude is in a bar treating a woman poorly, just like verbally then there are other ways that you could solve that well, problem we don't, without... We don't. we don't
0: know how he was treating her poorly.
1: And well, obviously, this dude wouldn't have gone to jail for or or gotten
0: booked for assault if this guy was, like, raping a chick in the middle of the bar and he was, no, like, but what if, popped him. But what if he was, like, flicking the back of her head and, like, punching her butt? I don't know. I'd be okay with a guy breaking that guy's jaw.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, a lot of people would be, but if that guy pressed charges, he did break the law.
0: I know, but I'm saying I get that, and okay... But, but, uh, but obviously saying-
1: Jared thinks more of it because Jared just wants to get his dick wet and yes. he's being a real douche and I hate him so much. Okay almost more we're than Kayla but yes. yeah I think Jared is making a way bigger deal about it. Okay we're good then. But he does go talk to Cal and we find out that Cal can see the future and the way he sees the future is by drawing. But yeah so we turn out the the thing that he saw that he doesn't want anyone to know and he doesn't want to tell his family is that he saw himself his dad, and Aunt Michaela's headstones. So he's confident they're all going to die.
0: Is this the whole reason their last name is Stone? Is this the writers making a funny? The Stones hear things in their head, headstones? Get the hell out of here, I hate it. I
1: highly doubt that that's the reason, but fine. Just a cool last name. (laughs) (laughs) Next we see Sanvi and... She has a a run-in with a random dude who's like, hey, 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 I found something cool. So this bad dude, Griffin, had some weird markings in his blood, and so does this little boy, Cal, that was in your program. And she's like, you're wrong, idiot, and then runs away, and then has a panic attack. (laughs) And another doctor or something is like, whoa, relax, deep breaths. I could see that you're having issues. Talk to my therapist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We learn that Griffin is going to try and monetize his gift. So the way he's going to start that process is by going on the news and just talking about it a bunch or a talk show or something along those lines, fill all the beans. And everyone is worried like, oh, no, that means our lives will suck because the government, which I mean, not wrong, but yes. So they figure out like they need to stop him. They need to stop him somehow. You know how they're going to stop him? Words. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. So Zeke is like, well, I'll, I'll find a way to stop him. And goes and does some shady purchasing of something in an alley. And Diaz, who Jared sent to tail Zeke, sees him and takes a picture of it, sends it over to Jared. And then Jared immediately has like a boner to tell Michaela about it so she can he can be like, Look at this mean man you're hanging out with.
0: I, I'm with Zeke on this one. Like, why don't these people just listen to the guy? So what if he drinks nips and knows where to buy a gun in a paper lunch sack? Just like we learned in Jupiter's Legacy. Sometimes you just you have to kill somebody who's being very bad to save many more lives.
1: Yes, like this dude already murdered two people and stole seventy five million dollars, and now he's going to ruin all your lives. Adios. Yep. Yeah, my friend. Mm-hmm. But surprise, it was a gun that he purchased, not drugs, Jared. You idiot. <laughs> and he looks like he's getting ready to shoot Griffin outside of the TV studio where wherever Griffin is arriving, like on a red carpet with like a bunch of people cheering and booing, and it's it's a big deal. He's about to engage him when Michaela and Ben show up to talk him out of whatever he's going to do. And while they're doing so, he starts to projectile throw up water like the girl from
0: The Exorcist and dies. That's what I looked like the time my friend Phil and I split a box of wine in an hour. He's the reason I don't drink anymore, I swear.
1: Yeah, I think Phil's a bad influence, not Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are also a bad influence, but mostly Phil. I should meet Phil. After this, there's an odd scene that kind of caught me a little off guard. We cut to some shady business folks who looks like they're kind of like spying on all these people from eight to eight. So it looks like some kind of like underground government agency or, or shady shit, like some kind of weird cult like bullshit or maybe some flat earthers. I don't know. But they look sketchy and they look like they're either involved in some way or they're trying to figure out what's going on. Like They know there's more to it than just like these people disappeared for five years and now they're back. Jared goes and expresses his concern about Zeke to Michaela. He's just so goddamn thirsty. It's unreal. But she's like, stick it up your ass. Don't worry about it.
0: I got it handled. Let me get this straight. Griffin can't tell anyone about the callings, but the high and mighty stones can. Grace knows. Jared knows. He probably told Diaz. Grace probably told her lover. The whole goddamn world knows. But Griffin can't tell anybody.
1: Nope. Griffin's not allowed to tell anyone. Stupid.
0: Yep. We then cut to Sanvi, who
1: blackmails a guy at the medical examiner's office to get an autopsy. Come on, Eric Andre. Just give her the damn autopsy report. Michaela goes to throw serious shade at Zeke's mom. Uh Uh-huh. And Zeke's mom, what a crazy woman. You know, he was gone for a year and then came back. And Michaela's like, um, well, I was gone for five years. And (laughs) to me, it felt like a day. Hmm. And the mom's like, oh, no, I sent him away and I said terrible things. (laughs) mikhail's like get your shit together next time bitch yeah that's that storyline buttoned up
0: there we go well, w- but we do learn in this interaction that zeke's whole ordeal was that he died in a cave and then came back came back
1: mm, Sounded like so, he
0: like almost od'd in a cave yeah so he's basically jesus makes sense why his hand is all bandaged up mm-hmm. but also that
1: he was gone for a year it sounds like mm. that's of note it is at this point Sanvi, Ben, and Michaela have a chat. Sanvi tells them that someone has identified the blood marker in cow's blood. Ben is very concerned about that because he doesn't want the government testing on him or any of the other survivors of the thing. I kind of have a little bit of a problem with this whole idea that they can't tell anyone that they have these abilities because they're going to test on them. I get the fact that your life will change. Yes, it will not be the same. Correct. However, what if this thing that you went through, this blood marking that you have creates a cure for cancer or COVID or like what if it like is something special that could be synthesized to like help the world and instead they're keeping it for themselves because they don't I don't want my blood drawn.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's selfish.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. So every time Ben talks to anybody about it, it's like the government, the government. Relax, dude. Like take it down a notch. But he also is looking at the autopsy from Griffin and he seems to notice something and it cuts to the page and we see his time of death. That's pretty much it. But it seems like he's figured something out. Mm -hmm. Michaela gets another stop him calling at this point, which Mm -hmm. is very odd because no one else is getting it now and Griffin is dead. So what's going on? She's like, oh shit, maybe it meant Zeke. So she starts running home to see what Zeke's about to do. She thinks he's going to OD or something. Jared heads to the apartment around the same time that Michaela starts to and confronts Zeke, loads his gun in the car, so you know someone getting shot. Yep. Grace is throwing up again, so she's definitely preggers, and she tells Ben later he's excited until he realizes it might not be his. Because it was exactly six weeks ago that she thinks she could be late. And that's right around the time the plane came back. I was having passionate, unprotected sex with a man other than you, Ben. Duh. Yeah. When I got a call about you being back and just ran away from that situation. (laughs) Now is where the big reveal happens in this episode. Ben finally figures out that... Griffin was alive for the exact amount of time that was missing from his life. In terms of time, he was gone for 82 hours and eight minutes, eight to eight, and then was after that living for exactly 82 hours and eight minutes before he died. So now he knows that they are probably going to die in five and a half years or at this point, five and a quarter years. He starts to do out the math longhand, which you dumb, stupid idiot from 2013, just <laughs> tell your cell phone, what is the 3000 days from X date? And it will fucking spit out exactly what date it is. But instead, you're doing it longhand. But in the meantime, his daughter is looking at her weird, stupid middle school art project and it has a peacock twins and there's a wooden dragon on the table. So obviously it's June 2nd, 2024.
0: Duh, a lot of leaps.
1: Yeah, apparently that was some weird stuff that they ran into along the way over the last six weeks. No idea. So they're crying about it, and then she's like, Cal can't know. He spent his whole life thinking he was going to die. He can't continue to know he's going to die, even though someday he's going to die. And then Cal's like, don't worry, I knew this whole time, you idiots. And then it pans down to his drawing, and it appears that after the last time that Zeke looked at it, he added their death dates underneath their names June 2nd,
0: 2024. Cal, next time, just save some time and just use ditto marks on the second and third headstones. It's the same date, bro. You don't need to write it three times. Yeah, if
1: it's the same thing, <laughs> like just write it once and you're good. Sanvi goes to see her therapist and, surprise, it's the scary lady from that weird agency we saw before. Uh oh. Uh oh, yep. Spaghettios. You better keep your damn mouth shut, Sanvi, or shit's about to get real. I don't know who these people are, but they seem nope. bad. <laughs> Michaela rushes home. Meanwhile, Jared and Zeke are fighting in her apartment. She walks in as they're fighting over a gun, and then we hear a gunshot. Season over. Two things.
0: Number one, I think that it's Michaela that gets shot. 100%. You're into that too? Yeah. Yep. Because that's the whole thing. Like, you think it's going to be, is it Zeke or Jared? No. They're going to throw you a curveball at Michaela. All right, I'm glad we agree. I've been waiting this whole time.
1: Finally, Michaela got shot.
0: Yep. And two, did you notice that her apartment number is 414, which is half of 828? God, I love it. I love shit like that.
1: I didn't <laughs> notice that. And I hate uh, it so much. Uh,
0: uh, uh, oh, my my lost boner is just raging right now. Yeah, I
1: can see it from here.
0: <laughs> I had to get out my binoculars, but I could see it. <laughs> uh, well those were the first and last episodes, David. Before we get into the questions, I think it's time for a very fitting center commercial.
1: Center commercial time. Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Don't let manifest fool you. Not all flights end in a five-year layover and head powers. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books.
0: Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code Omeo5 at checkout. You spend $300? That's 15 buckaroos back. I can buy three Entenmann's Danish now. Sign me up. You did some
1: serious longhand division to figure that one out, huh?
0: I did. You only have a few days left, but it's valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omio, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so David, we have some questions here from Instagram and Reddit to help us with the middle.
1: Our first question is from
0: friend of the show, Todd Lyden. Is there a hatch, Todd? Coming in hot with the Lost reference. I love it. Knew it. But to answer your question, technically, yes. They are all Survivors, and one of the most famous Survivor contestants was Richard Hatch. So by transference, they are all Richard Hatch. John, lock it in. This
1: stinks of a lost reference, so I refuse to answer.
0: Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Todd. <laughs> and also, Todd, but now from his podcast, at the.tod.cast, Todd Lydon is the Cast. is Jeff Rake a real name or something like James Bond? Rake.
1: Jeff Rake. Now, I don't know of anyone
0: that would choose the last name Rake. Yeah, I will say, though, he does not have a Wikipedia page. Sound the alarms. Like, how can you be a series creator for a major network show that has been number one on Netflix for weeks, and you don't have your own wiki page? He's a because mole. Because he isn't a serious creator. He's a mole. He's barely done anything 100%. else. 100%. Thank you for pointing this out, Todd. Smart man, except when it comes to trying to get us to watch Panic on Amazon Prime. It's Not happening. Shovel. Tom Shovel. So Mick
1: and Jared from Reddit ask, do you think Zeke has a death date?
0: I think his death date is however long he was in the cave. Now, I think we said it's around a year. He's on a different timeline than the rest of the people, but he has a year left from whenever he came out. We don't really know, but I'm assuming it's sometime in the past six weeks. But he could conceivably have a death date that's the day of the finale, so he could be dead at the end of the episode if he was the one who was shot. More on that incoming.
1: Yeah, that brings up an interesting question that I guess we'll, we'll get more into. But if they are basically invincible until their death date hmm. or if they can die of normal causes prior to that. Maybe if you die, uh, if you almost die of normal causes and then you're gone for a few more years, you can tax them on
0: to the end of your life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a that is I didn't think about that. Like, hey, this is your death date. So, like, you can literally do whatever and. And you're good yeah like since it kind of
1: brought them back to life the first time i don't know if it would prevent them from dying hmm. in other instances other than their
0: death date it's an interesting thought i wonder if that's covered in the future seasons maybe we'll yeah, know I'm if not. there's enough demand we'll do future seasons but yeah we'll see so get on it but yeah, I definitely think that he also
1: has a death date. I agree with you that it's probably about a year because he that's what his mom said, so that's what, kind of what I'm going off of. And yeah, I would assume that he just came to pretty recently because he seems kind of confused and out of it for most of the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. And also judging off all the bandages and shit makes me think that he's like just recently recovered
0: from whatever it was in the cave. Interesting. Next question from Mick and Jared. They did the heavy lifting because some freaking idiot on Reddit came in and started answering all the questions like a total tool because apparently they don't know how to read. But Mick and Jared saved our lives and and, and asked a bunch of these here. So in the calling, stop him in the season one finale. Who do you think she was supposed to stop? Zeke or Jared? My guess is Zeke because it's Zeke's gun that ultimately shoots the bullets. I think that this is a trick question. I think she was supposed to stop Ben. He is he's what the Scooby Doo villains refer to as le meddling kid. I think by him looking further into stuff at the hospital, it calls more attention and Cal gets governmentally kidnapped, basically. You can't trick me, Micka Jared Chipper. Hmm. Interesting. Because she heard the stop me and Ben didn't. That's my thinking as to why she was supposed to stop Ben.
1: Yeah, but when she got back to the apartment, it was getting louder and louder as stop him. Yeah, because she got further away from Ben, and it's like, hey,
0: bro, go back there, go kill him. I mean, go stop Ben, go stop your brother. <laughs> go kill, go kill him, go kill your brother.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Maybe, maybe it's something like them knowing their death date is not something that is supposed mm. to happen. Interesting. Yeah. Stop him from figuring it out. Ah, okay. Yeah. That that could be too. Maybe, maybe you're right. But yeah, Mick and Jared also ask, what
0: or who do you think causes the voices they hear in their heads? I didn't go to church enough to know how angels work, but this sounds like they're angels, right? And they're taking direction from quote-unquote God. Maybe God is the pilot of the plane, Pontius Pilate. Wait, he was bad, right? I'm getting my biblical names all mixed up. (laughs) Worst. (laughs) But I think they're angels. I think there's some higher power delivering these words to them.
1: So you think they are angels? Like yes. Michaela is an angel now?
0: Well, I think Michaela's the devil, but I think everyone else is an angel.
1: <laughs> yes, this is true. So you think this is just like an ambient power of angels? Yes. And now they're they're tapping into that. Yep. Interesting. I think it's all in their brain. I think that in some weird way, the near-death experiences and, and them kind of crossing over Time is part of the brain that is untapped by humans now and for some reason it got tapped into and now they just have kind of a sixth sense type of thing going on because they have more access to their brain than a normal person.
0: I see dead people.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. Yeah, that wasn't the sixth sense reference I was going for, but yeah, Bruce, bald boy Willis. Yep.
0: Next question, still from Mick and Jared. Do you think the number 828 is part of the mystery or just some random number
1: it has to be part of the mystery right it's everywhere in some way or another yeah, i would assume it is somehow built into zeke's death date because it seems to have been built into everyone else's so it's some kind of special number maybe her mom is the
0: one who's doing all <laughs> of this and she just really loves that bible verse No, I I think this is answered in both the pilot and the finale. Number one, it's the verse of all things work together for good which in the verse when she's looking in the Bible it says like people have callings and number two, it's the amount of time Griffin was underwater so like I just, it is definitely part of the mystery. It's not just a random number. Definitely.
1: Why is Cal more sensitive to the callings
0: than the others? Because he has leukemia. His blood hurts. Every day he's alive is a miracle in itself. (laughs) I
1: think that he's more sensitive because of the treatments that he's gone through for his leukemia primed his brain into being more in tune with this part that is now functioning at a higher level. Science, bitch. Next question
0: is from S alums AF.
1: You think that's it?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Salumasaf. Salumsaf. Saf. Salumsaf. Saf. That was it. How did Vance die? And die is in quotation marks. I had a hard
1: time figuring out who Vance was, but I'm pretty confident it is the inspector from the first episode. Hmm. Okay. And I think that in his trying to uncover the truth, he got too close to that sketchy organization. So he was
0: murdered, which is why die is in quotations. Interesting. First, I thought this person was talking about Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. There's, so there's only so many people we meet, but we don't know the name of. One of them, though, is the black man who plays the instrument on the street in episode one, and we don't see him in the finale. He could be a Vance, and I think that Griffin killed him. We know that Griffin was a murderer, so it lines up.
1: Mm-hmm. Why would die be in quotations, though?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I have no answer. For okay. that. I just realized now that Good it was talk. in quotations.
1: <laughs> gotcha. So our next question is from and Lionheart from Reddit. And they ask, why do you think Jared and Zeke were fighting over Michaela?"
0: For the initiated, catchphrase incoming. David, you know me. I'm all for eating pussy. But to break a woman's table in her own apartment over it? Rude. Very rude.
1: Yeah, they're just both in love with her and Jared's a giant douchebag. Here's the worst part, though, is I don't know why either of them want Yeah, But fine.
0: I don't know. Next question from Anne Lionheart. What do you think Griffin's death foreshadows?
1: Everyone else's death?
0: So what came out of his mouth was the Great Flood. So I think that there will be other biblical plagues and the like. Like there's going to be a bunch of locusts. There's going to be some little guy, maybe Cal, beats Goliath, the government lady. Grace's baby gets split in half. Some dude gets his hair cut off and then loses all his strength. Cal. Evie comes back alive and eats something she's not supposed to in the Big Apple. I can go all day with these half-cocked ideas.
1: So our next question from And Lionheart, they are asking, why was Sandvi visiting the
0: therapist? Maybe one of the crazy calling truthers, like one of the people in the crowd during Griffin's death, maybe one of them was a creepy stalker and attacked her outside of her work as she walked to the subway and it scarred her. Every other movie or show we watch lately has freaking sexual assault, so I wouldn't put it past the universe to do that to us. There's a person in the city that I used to live in, Fitchburg, who is running for city councilor, but she very publicly, like five to 10 years ago, was arrested for stalking Britney Spears outside of her house. So the whole city (laughs) roasts her every time she posts on the Facebook discussion board. It's pretty great. What I'm saying, though, is I'm all for people being reformed, but sorry, you can't run for office after that. I'll still watch House of Cards and think Kevin Spacey is a good actor, but I wouldn't elect him mayor of my town. That was a tangent just based on the fact that one of these creepy people stalked her. The stalking, I get it.
1: So I just think that she has like anxiety and panic attacks because of what she's already been through that we know about, but also she mentions somewhere, I don't remember where, that she had an experience with the callings that was not sunshine and rainbows the way that Ben and Michaela think they are. So it made me kind of think that maybe she got a calling that got her into a situation that she didn't want to be in. like she was trying to follow a calling and then she ended up being where she shouldn't be seeing something that she didn't want to see or something and or being involved in something that she didn't want to be involved in, maybe maybe she got sexually assaulted. Who knows? But yeah, I just think that that caused some mental distress.
0: Okay, We're kind of on the same page. Yeah, more or less. Next question here is from Sparky Notes of Potato. What happened to
1: Evie? Sparky Notes of Potato. I'm trying really hard to figure this
0: out. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. So who's Evie? I don't know, but I bet she's dead. I'm fairly certain that this was Michaela's friend that she thinks she killed in some accident. Oh, Now, what happened to her? So, Michaela got off. So, I was right. She's dead. But I am thinking that Michaela maybe used her cop status somehow. Like, she knew Evie was driving drunk and let her go or something. And then Evie ended up crashing her car and dying. So, she blames herself for letting it happen, even though the root of the problem was Evie being a drunkard. But, yeah, I think she's dead.
1: I thought she talked a little bit about the car crash and that she was driving and the passenger is the one who died. Maybe I'm making that up Did though. she specifically
0: say she, she was the driver and the other person was the passenger?
1: I thought it was something okay, along maybe. those lines, but maybe maybe no, I'm you might be right. I don't know. also possible. we don't
0: really know the specifics. I just think it would be way weaker though, like if the reason Michaela's upset is like she was driving and crashed her car and in and like I
1: don't know. Yeah, it's like something happened that caused her to her career to be in jeopardy. Yeah. Maybe
0: Michaela was the one driving drunk, but then she'd be she'd be gone, like she'd be in prison right now. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, I don't know. I wish I knew.
1: Yeah, Zeke so went to prison just for punching a dude that was abusing his <laughs> wife. Michaela drives drunk and kills somebody, and it's fine. It's no big deal. Just take a sabbatical from work for a little yeah. bit. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't even know if that's what's happened, but I've decided I hate it because I hate Michaela <laughs> and her whole storyline. Wow, with the names, guys. Phobie caller, phobie killer. Only one L. Phobie killer asks what is dark lightning and why is it significant
0: so dark lightning we all know that that's what it's called when i pass gas and it's dark lightning right up my ass no this podcast is not afraid to make fart jokes hear me out we should be because that was a bad one chaucer was writing about people playing pranks and kissing butts in the canterbury tales and that's like quintessential classic english literature so we're really smart is what i'm trying to say
1: you're not smart for calling your farts black lightning Or dark lightning or whatever it was.
0: I think that dark lightning is, maybe that's what caused the turbulence on the plane.
1: I think that dark lightning happens anytime someone is kept alive by the calling or whatever is keeping them alive. I just think that we experienced it in the the plane, but we didn't see anyone else's stay alive story. And I bet its significance is the fact that it kind of like marks when
0: someone has been touched by the calling or whatever you want to call it. Okay. All right. We could be on the same page because I mentioned it caused the turbulence. I mean, Yes. Yeah, all right. Next question, same user. How is Zeke connected to the 828ers?
1: He was going to die in a cave and he was gone for a year and surprise you he didn't. He's here now and he gets the callings. That's how he's connected to the 828ers. That's my guess.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was pretty much on the same page. Like we we learned about this unless, unless I'm missing something. He has the callings just like the plain folk. I wonder though if once everything is said and done, that there are 828 people who end up having callings i'm calling it now no pun intended that's a lot of people well there's already 191 on the plane so we're already like a seventh of the way there plus we have zeke and what's his face griffin so yeah i'm saying 828
1: maybe that's it so our next question from Phoebe Caller is what does Sanvi discover
0: I think we also learned this in the finale, that there is a blood marker, which indicates everybody who has the calling. So it's basically fate, I imagine. So it really wasn't a choice after all. So for instance, like Michaela, Ben and Cal, for them to be on the plane, it was already predetermined, like it was in their blood. And I also just have to say, I know what a blood marker is, but all I can picture is a vampire drawing a picture with a red Crayola washable marker. It's the little things that make me happy. Terrible. So I agree that
1: I think that her discovery is the blood mutation that signifies this. I disagree, though, that it is a blood mutation that they had previously that then marked them as like a person that could accept whatever this gift is. I think that their blood changed the day that the gift was given to them. Mm. But I agree with you that I think it just signifies a, a new person, a new caller.
0: Interesting. Okay, so you think when they get hit with the dark lightning, it changes their blood? Yeah, because I also think it changes their brain. Okay, maybe. Uh, last question from same user, why does Sanvi have PTSD? Like I talked earlier
1: with uh, with a visiting a therapist, I think that she was following a calling and got in over her head and almost died or got into some shit that she did not want to be in and it has given her a little bit of a post-traumatic stress
0: yeah i think we covered this already with the question about therapy we decided that i still watch movies and listen to music by entertainers who have committed crimes so i'll just leave it at that sue me
1: manifester 828 wow (laughs) big fan this is
0: a manifest
1: big fan fan. asked one question you couldn't get us more than one question
0: this is your whole life (laughs) but fine why did lords leave jared dude's more boring than a plain tuna sandwich and also, what kind of name is Lords anyway? Not nationality wise, like it sounds Hispanic to me, but I mean, get it together. Enough with the biblical names. We get it, Jeff Rake. You're Christian. You went to Sunday school. Cool story, bro. But Jared is boring. And also, he's obsessed with Michaela.
1: Yeah, my literal answer is because he's so horny for Michaela. Mm.
0: Lock it in. And last question is from <laughs> I'm going to go with Natari0411. Because that's the best I can do. Okay. It's perfect. Three-parter. What happened to Lourdes and which other character was involved in this occurrence, along with who did she end up with and why? I
1: think those are all related. I think that she cheated on Jared because he was so obsessed with Michaela. She was like, I'm out. Cheated on him. And I tried to figure out who in the world it could have been that we potentially met. Because I, I, I can't just say like, Bill. She cheated with Bill. So I think she cheated with the young medical examiner that Sanvi blackmails. Eric Andre.
0: Eric Andre, mm. yeah. Okay, similar, we're on similar wavelengths here. I think that the thing, what happens to her, she leaves Jared. We know this. And mm-hmm. I think she's the one who stumbles upon Zeke while doing some jogging of her own out in the woods. And I think that she ends up with the dude that Grace was rubbing privates with. They're both in similar scenarios since their whole world is turned upside down thanks to the plane and its passengers turning back up. So they can take solace in each other with that and talk shit about their ex-lovers behind their backs. I'm feeling pretty confident on this one. Wow. That's a stretch. You think so?
1: I do. That just
0: seems like... You think it's more likely that she's with the medical examiner? Come on. Yeah, she's a cop what does that mean
1: so uh, so she could definitely have interacted with this guy on a regular basis at least i have some reason that they would have interacted you just think that she ran into some random no i dude. think
0: they're in like a support group for people that were affected by the <laughs> the plane coming back
1: <laughs> have you had a loved one who came back after five years yeah come to our support group wednesday nights at 9 30 the only
0: two there <laughs> Coffee and bagels will be served. <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, I think there are <laughs> the two. But yeah. Anyway. All right.
1: Fine. Part of that, that important support yep. group. Fine.
0: Awesome. Well, that was all of the questions that we had. And I don't think we know anything more about the middle than when we started.
1: We know zero <laughs> about it. Yeah. I have some thoughts, but I'll, I'll save them for center counts.
0: Speaking of, let's just lay it down. It's center counts time, baby. I'm going to give this a three. It pains me to say it, but I'm with you, David. Three out of seven, and almost all three of those points are because of the concept. I like the whole mystery of the plane being gone for five years, how everything and everyone is connected, the numbers, that's all ripped right from Lost, which is my favorite show of all time, but everything else is just network schlock plus biblical illusions. At least when Lost sniped names, it was mostly philosophers and scientists, I just cannot, for the life of me, get into network TV shows. It's the acting, and it's the cheesiness. Once you go Golden Age, HBO, AMC, and the streamers, this made-for-middle-American housewife B-roll rife with ham-fistedness and overacting, it's just too much, man. Three out of seven. Manifest, don't quit your day job. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page.
1: I The concept is interesting, but I also feel like shows like this, where there's like a singular concept that is driving the narrative can get very one note I can't see how like every episode isn't we got a calling we did something about it what are the callings what are like whoa and it just like it feels like that is going to be every episode until eventually they go over what the callings are and I don't know if that's like I don't know if that's happened in the three seasons that have happened so far or if that's slated for like last episode you find out what the calling is end credits or if they're going to do it somewhere in the middle but then it's like okay now i know that why am i watching this still yeah, yeah and the, the acting wasn't great i honestly feel like the best actor was the young boy i think he did a good job i like Sanvi. Sanvi's not bad i hate michaela i hate her whole character I hate the acting i hate the character the way she's written i just don't like it at all so yeah i mean the idea is cool would be a really neat
0: uh, neat idea but not a huge fan yeah. Sorry, Manifest 828. Listen, again, we're giving it 3 out of 7, so that's like just below 50%. There are many thing, movies and shows we've covered this season that have been worse than this. So. You should go hear what we gave to the movie that shall not yes. be named. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that does it for Manifest Season 1. But like we said, if you liked what we did here, probably not. If you're a big fan of Manifest, <laughs> let us know, and maybe we'll cover future seasons. We're just honest. We're real. We don't hate it. We don't hate it. Yeah. And if I was allowed to give half points, I would have given this a three and a half full disclosure here. Yep. The round down is important. Yep. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that's Manifest. Thanks for thanks for being here. But David, what have we got going on?
1: Yes, yeah, so we have a movie coming up. No guests or anything. Just the two of us. Ooh just la la. The two of us. We can make it if we try. And it's going to be August 11th, and it's going to be True Romance.
0: This was suggested to us by... Our Twitter follower, Kelly Madden, who is one of the podcasters on Drunk Theory. So go check out their podcast. But she had suggested this to us. She really wanted us to do Lethal Weapon. And unfortunately, David has seen that. So
1: failed her. I'm mad at Michael for not having seen those before
0: this was the consolation prize so we're covering true romance
1: yeah so that will be august 11th but the week prior to that the the previous wednesday or next wednesday depending on how you want to look at it is going to be our next center chat and we are going to be talking about if we would want to know our death date
0: yeah thanks manifest
1: now i get to decide whether or not i want to know when i'm going to die
0: it's gonna be interesting gonna be a good discussion but david I know we have that coming up. What has just happened in the world within the past few days here? I think we talked more about Twin Peaks. We did with our friendos.
1: Yeah, our friendos over at Damn Fine TV. So we we talked about season two, episode seven with them. It's the big reveal episode where we find out who killed Laura. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, we were honored to be on. That's one of, if not the most important episode of the first two seasons of twin peaks so it was a blast always love hanging out with those ladies but go go check it out over on their feed damn fine tv
1: anytime i could talk with someone about how much i hate james <laughs> i feel like it's it a good is day. a
0: good day well david i think that wraps up our episode here yeah you guys know all our other stuff go hit us up on all the socials yes and send feedback to the center cut cast at gmail.com and follow us if you haven't yes all right david let's wrap this baby up oh my
1: god like a plane between space and time or water between the walls of your lungs or cocaine between your nostrils it's always better in the center